Hi, I'm Lindsay Madonna, founder of Resource Nurse Network. Welcome to the podcast. This is a platform that aims to cultivate nurse well-being and influence organizational change. I'm a former nurse manager and resource nurse turned thought leader with a passion for making a difference through nurse connections. Let's fix nursing. Today, we have Erica Von Olin on the podcast. She is going to tell us all about career navigation and her personal journey from bedside into health coaching. She's done just about everything there is to do in the nursing field, from becoming an LPN, going into nursing education, nursing management, ICU, acute care, home health, outpatient surgery, you name it. She's going to tell us all the highs and lows and what motivated her journey along the way and what she's found now in health coaching that brings her such great satisfaction. We also talk nurse manager chronicles specifically, how to bridge the gap between leadership and the bedside, what blocks us, and maybe some potential solutions. We also talk about all things physical well-being and how nurses can be healthier physically during their work week. So she gives us lots of insight in that. And this episode is for anyone from bedside nurse all the way up into nursing leadership. Everyone has something to gain from this episode. So please listen and enjoy. So I was an LPN for six years. Um, Worked in a lot of nursing home settings, skilled nursing facilities, and home health. Then went back to become a registered nurse and went directly into med surge from there. So I took a pay cut after LPN to RN to go to to become a med surge nurse. That is so interesting. Um, Okay, so my first question for you is after all all of that, um, all of that job experience that you have, what, what is front of mind for you when you are thinking about all of that traveling? Cause a lot of it was just in the last five years or so. So tell me about, tell me about what was going on. Um, well, I always had a reason for my travel and mm-hmm. traveling within the healthcare system. Um, it was always passion driven. It yes. was always a very ambitious change. I wanted to be impactful. And I think that's why we become nurses is we want to make an impact. Um, so every uh, decision, every move that I made was, to make a greater impact in some form. And and I won't, that sounds a little, uh, what's the word? It's ambitious and like, oh, this is a hero story, but it's not actually because after management, I felt very burnt out and my move to ICU wasn't so ambitious. I did want to learn more and I knew I could make a great impact. Um, But I was also bowing out of a situation that that was uh, hard. For sure. So, I mean, when you think about like, why, why do we leave a job and why do we, what are we looking for in the next one? Right. So, and the thing that's so unique about you is that you, you make a huge impact wherever you go. It's like, you know, I, I, for those who don't know, um, Erica and I have been kind of, we've been doing the universal tango with each other and I just couldn't wait to connect with her today because you were at one point the nurse manager and then I had come from the ICU and I was the one to succeed you in that role. And then you went back to the ICU. And then now we find ourselves going into nurse entrepreneurship from this, you know, from different angles, of course, but always almost mirroring each other in this like such super, super strange way. And it was just definitely more than time to connect and, you know, learn a little bit more about each other. So I just want to know what's motivating you through, through these changes and 
when you're looking, like when you're looking for your next job, would you say that you were searching for something else? Um, I will say that outpatient surgery. So it is the piece of, of nursing that I was searching for in terms of we have an amazing team. Um, there's more time. I spend more time with my patients. Um, I educate. I connect. And that is what I was looking for in nursing. Um, there were so many times I will, I will say this, especially for the nurse who's, um, traveling through different areas or don't feel like they've found their fit yet. Or, you know, that it, instead of it being discouraging, cause there were times where I felt like, Oh my gosh, I just, what's wrong with me. I can't mm -hmm. stick in just one job. Like, like it was, there was something wrong with me. Um, but it was the design all along to grow through these different positions, to learn what I needed to learn, to be here where I am now. Um, I, I believe it's, there's purpose in it yeah. and not to beat myself up over it. And I'd encourage any other nurse, don't beat yourself up if you haven't found your fit. Right. That's so true because I think we do ultimately beat ourselves up a lot. And it's, it's actually a theme that's coming across uh, tremendously, like, in all of these conversations that I'm having with nurses lately is to the, to the extent that we beat ourselves up and to the extent that we're underestimating the impact that we have had already, you know, mm -hmm. and here we are telling ourselves that we haven't had much of one, but it's like, it only takes another nurse to show you actually how much you did do. So tell me about like, what would you say is probably one of the most painful times that you could remember and, and maybe something that led you to leave one of those positions? Okay. Okay. This is a good, this is a good yeah. question. Um, so when I went from, when I moved from education into management, let's go to management. Let's go there. Okay. <laughs> um, that is that I, I went in with such passion and ambition mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, it, and it was amazing. You know, I will say, first of all, I learned the inner workings of a hospital that I didn't even know existed. It right. was very eye opening. The resources that were actually there and the, the play by play behind the scene that I didn't know existed. Um, very eye opening. Um, and we were in a big transition and I was managing two floors um, with very little management leadership experience other than education. Um, and we were implementing a very big change. Um, we were bringing an entire new model to both of our floors at one time. Introducing not just a new model. model. Yeah, not just a new model. <laughs> you are introducing a new, new tier of nurse. That's a huge. Yes, bringing LPNs back into the hospital. So, you know, everything that goes into that is, you know, scope of practice and what they're allowed mm -hmm. to do, you know, all the legal legalities and oh, plus the so theme dynamics. I imagine. So complex. So I think one of the most, um, but it was also very rewarding. I would say one of the most um, painful moments, though, was, was, um, to not ever blame anybody or anything was the process piece of it all that, um, we would have, there, there would be this great idea and then it was like, get it done. And knowing, and, you know, I have a, a master's of science in nursing education that there's a process mm -hmm. that needs to be followed for something to be successful. So it would be painful when things wouldn't look successful, 
when I knew that we just didn't follow the process mm-hmm. for everything to become successful, right. the time was a component that wasn't on my side and uh, support in areas and not by people, but support in just, just different um, support in different ways. I Loss at words on the painful piece. <laughs> what, like, what would you say? I mean, what part of it do you consider a failure? Because just to reflect back at you, like being the manager, like, and I know there was some time in between, you know, like when they were looking for a replacement, but being that I was the one to ultimately step back into the office for as the next person, you know, at that time, the LPN uh, RN model was. Uh, there was such foresight in implementing that to begin with, like, and now that was pre-pandemic. So then we're, we're mid-pandemic, like that this time it's well, it's like well ingrained, it's working well. And it's not that it didn't need tweaking, because as we go along, we always need some tweaking. But at the end of the day, like, I I would say that that was a huge success and a huge win, you know, Mm -hmm. that stemmed Mm -hmm. from the work that you personally did, like, that was your impact. And it was, tremendous like that was some of the best work that could have ever possibly been done with the and you guys didn't even have any idea that the pandemic would be coming a year later you know can you imagine how much worse off the staffing situation would have been if not for the introduction of LPNs like a year to two years prior it's mind-blowing so you just you just said it you nailed it so the failure the pain the the piece that that is that that pain piece for me is was within myself mm-hmm. it was the boundaries that I was unable to set with myself in that role. And it affected my family. It affected my health. Um, you know, I gained the 15, 20 pounds that came with management and the stress mm-hmm. of all of the change we were implementing. And yes, it externally looked so successful, but internally I was a mess. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. What would you change anything in hindsight? Um, so I would have, I would definitely, um, never change the experience itself. Like they're a hundred percent best move I ever made just to learn the hospital, just to, to get to, um, bubble over the creativity part of me and the mm-hmm. implementation and the leadership part was great. I would, um, probably have listened to my husband a little bit more. <laughs> Don't yeah. tell, I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> don't, um, we don't the boundaries were really hard for me. So, you know, maybe even coming forward sooner to my leadership line, to administration, to um, people that were supposed, that were my support, mm-hmm. um, going to them sooner. Hey, this is too much. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm breaking, I'm breaking down. I definitely, I wanted to, I carried a lot and then it, until I broke. And there was no turning back from that point. It was, I, I need to leave. Right. And so I wish I would have said something sooner. I wish I would have brought up some of these, um, the issues, the, um, you know, the lack of boundaries within myself. And I wish I would have been able to set them. But also I grew doing this taught me how to set the boundaries. And right. I need to set Yeah. You had to learn. Of course you had, had to, to learn. learn. Um, uh-huh. And we all have to learn the hard way. <laughs> but, That's like um, a nursing characteristic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when you say that you broke, 
What do you mean by broke? Like, what did that look like for you? Because I know what it looked like for me. We we talked about this. <laughs> I want to know what it looked like for you. Um, it looked like one more great idea implemented in a wrong way. <laughs> if to mm-hmm. to sum that up in a bubble, it looked like um so many hours spent in the building, and my family, um, saying this isn't okay. Mm-hmm. There's no amount of money worth this. We want, we want you back. Mommy, we want you back. My it's, husband, I want you back. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's like heart wrenching that that's what it took. Like, and we talked and that was exactly what it had to took for, for me to also step away. Cause we're so passionate and we're so passionate about leadership. And it sounds like we both get so excited about these advancements and these, you know, making people successful. It's like, it's, it's what, gives us such joy, right? Yes. At the same time at your own expense. A nurse will always help others at their own expense. So always. And it's so disturbing. It's like, why does it take another person to tell us that we're not healthy anymore, that we're no longer, you know? (laughs) We're the one promoting health and wellness. Mm -hmm. It is mind blowing. I developed um, wonderful traits along the way and also very unhealthy behaviors as a nurse that actually coaching has been healing for me going Mm -hmm. through a coaching program for life, health, wellness has actually been the healing component to these unhealthy behaviors and characteristics that I've developed. You can tell other people how to do it all day. I can relate to, I think Vanessa said it in one of your podcasts, going from experienced or just confident to novice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, very novice in the ICU. It was very intimidating. Uh, the pandemic started. Um, it was quick. I was learning a lot very fast. We still had a really, really good team that supported me through mm-hmm. um, ICU. It was very emotional for me. I took it home. I wasn't the great oh, one in the, in the codes. Um, you know, I was the one grabbing mom and taking her outside and holding her while her daughter was you know, while they were ripping her gown off to do compressions. Wow. So I it, I took every single bit of it home. It was emotionally taxing. And, um, you know, and I went through some, some family things, a lot of stress. Um, actually miscarried when I was in ICU. This is, oh, my gosh. I know, I know. Um, I did uh, try to go part-time, but there were no positions part-time available in ICU. And so I made the decision to, I had, I was still just unloading the stress. And Mm -hmm. we all know it's both position and pandemic. I mean, I was still unloading the stress. So I went back to familiar and home health were familiar. It was, it was like almost, I needed to regress of it. I needed to go where I knew and where I was comfortable. So ICU is emotional stress, but also mm-hmm. I'm sure physical stress because you're short staffed. That was a very short staff period of time. Yes. So like how often would you say where you tripled, for example, or how often would you say that like your work burden was above and beyond like where it should have been? Like how was your experience with the staffing during that time? So physical labor work burden. Oh, frequently, okay. frequently. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was, it was definitely physically taxing. Luckily we had a pretty good team that it was, Hey, I'll help you. You help me. And there was a lot of that, but there were days that I didn't eat, you know, lunch or that we didn't sit down and stop for a long time. And that was the, that was the norm. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that, but that is often a norm in nursing. Yeah. 
Have you had a break yet? No. Right. <laughs> Who's going to watch my patients? <laughs> right. So yes, um, it was physically hard. How about like resources, emotional resources? Like, would you say that something existed during that time to help you through any of this? Or, you know, I hate the thought of you just going through this terribly painful emotional time, like to think about that for you just breaks my heart. And then, and then it's like, I just hope that you had someone around, like some connections that you formed. Like, was that there for you at that time? Or was there... Well, some of it, I think that there were probably resources that I wasn't aware of, you know, maybe professionally that Mm -hmm. I just didn't seek because um, it was definitely a a different experience than the thing, you know, you hear about a miscarriage, but when you go through it, it's like, oh, this was definitely a lot uh, heavier. And I thought, luckily, our manager at the time was great. She gave me time off, which I didn't expect, actually. She... She was supportive. Um, she was more supportive than I expected. You know, oh. I took a little bit more time off than than um, I had expected to. But it was just, and I think it was the emotional and the physical stress that that honestly was the reason. Mm-hmm. You know, through the pandemic, through all of the emotions of loss and the physical labor, I think that's why I miscarried. Yeah. I thought it was my age. <laughs> I told the doctor, like, is it what? No, oh, am I geriatric already? Like, and he no, said, no, no, let's no, uh, let's, no, let's revisit the other aspects of your life. <laughs> yes, yes. And he actually brought that to my attention. And um, that is when I really started to seek more like professional <laughs> help. Yeah. That's um, when I started to see I'm not always the pro, it's not me, I'm not the problem. For sure. Um, so like your healing experience sounds like after Mm -hmm. that point was when you were really like ramping up your healing experience, you knew you had to make some changes. Obviously you have this like pivotal moment in your life. How -hmm. could you, how could it not be? So what types of things did you put into place to get yourself better? Well, so I left, uh, (laughs) I left the job again, (laughs) the theme of my career. Okay. I left. I left home health, the leadership position, the 40 hour, you know, position, which always turns into a 60 hour position because there's call and there's, you know, things. And, um, I left and I took a part-time and outpatient surgery. So that is two days a week. Mm -hmm. So I was off and I still am off from the nursing, um, from nursing five days a week. And that's what it took. I Mm -hmm. needed time. And I finally had the time to put into the things that lit me up. The, um, I surf, um, playing music, um, and then pursuing this passion in me to truly heal people and help people through coaching. And so when I started my, um, coaching certificate program, I, it really walked me through a lot of healing. It was definitely you're you're they're training you to identify and help people move forward and heal. And so I did a lot of work in that program and in my five days off and in the ocean and in prayer and a lot of meditation. And it's it was the time I needed time. So you you do a lot of physical activity and your whole thing right now is it's a lot exercise based. It's exercise. It's eating 
Um, what else would you say that you're incorporating there just so I can be familiar, like super familiar with what, um, okay. what you offer as a coach? Yes. Yeah, so I would say, um, really my pillars are nutrition. It, it matters, you know, mm-hmm. um, physical fitness, um, stress and slightly supplements because I really work with women who are thirties, forties, fifties, we go through hormonal changes. Um, and we live in this, like, we live in a man's world and with, with women hormones. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so we have to support those changes. Um, but in the, in the right balanced way. So, uh, really my focus is taking the woman who is derailed from every fad diet from this overwhelming, um, access to knowledge and, um, simplifying, simplifying their health again. I was just thinking about what would make, you know, the, the life of a nurse manager, particularly that one is interesting for me to tackle. And while you can speak to so many different specialties, you're one of the only ones you know, who I can speak with the specific experience of nurse manager life with. (laughs) And, um, you know, I actually was listening to, I think it was the American Organization of Nurse Leaders. They have their own podcast. And there was uh, somebody speaking the other day that was saying that in their hospital, they actually were trying to find, they were trying to find uh, solutions to decrease the level of work burden on the nurse manager so that they were having problems retaining them. And that's a problem everywhere. It's a universal problem. I mean, it's generally a problem to retain nurses in general. So, but specifically the nurse manager role, because they're so overworked, they're in the middle of everything, right? We both have felt that and we're pretty broken down by the time we left that role, right? So at this particular place, they did something really cool and they... Um, introduced a non-nursing counterpart to the nurse manager. So they almost made it like, you know how an organization would have a, uh, operations, like a chief of operations, and the other one would be like a chief of clinical. Like they made, they introduced that type of model. So imagine having your two floors because, you know, you're short a manager on the one floor. So right now you're you're covering two extremely large floors, right? Yes. So imagine if instead of, because you're not going to get a nurse, you're not going to get a nurse for that job. You're going to still yeah. have these two floors for a long time. <laughs> So imagine if you could have gotten this operations manager and they could have taken care of everything from the supply chain to scheduling, payroll, equipment, Mm. uh, work orders. Mm, What else? Like everything that wasn't a patient, a sickness, a, you know, like something like that, like staff performance, like you would probably still have that. But um, if it wasn't patient facing or clinical to the staff, that nurse manager didn't have to do it. And that actually was incredibly impactful for them at their organizations, they were saying. That was like a great, I mean, I have they really loved it. I'm like, I was mind blown when I heard that because like, these are the types wow. of things wow. that would have made you, could you imagine that. having like, having that work burden off you? I mean, I just think about all the time that I spent doing non-clinical stuff. And that was the stuff that depressed me, you know? Yes, definitely. And the stuff that we're not, um, we're not experts in, we're not trained in, Mm -hmm. we're, we're trained to be like they would have budget. Yes. (laughs) I just do. (laughs) I'm like, you can give me money. I'll take the money, (laughs) but I don't want to know what to tell you. Yeah. 
Right. I don't know where to get it. I, I agree. Wow. That would be like, that would have, that may have uh, changed my course completely. Right. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. And the other theme is just like the loneliness of the manager, I think, a lot of the times yes. too. So yes, tell me about your experience boundaries. Um, well, I will say that one thing that seemed at the moment work that would have been like maybe working against me was, that was actually working for me is they were, there was another new model. And uh, um, I know you remember this one where um, I managed the two floors and we had team leads. Mm-hmm. I fought really hard to keep my team leads, especially the day team leads out of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And that person for me was so much more than like a quote team lead or assistant nurse manager. She was like my, she was my person. I mean, to this day, our emotional, our connection is so deep because she was my person. Like she had the notebook out and like I was spurting ideas and she's like, I'm writing this down, but don't (laughs) say too much too fast because we need to slow down a little. Like she was my person. And if I didn't have her, there's no way I would have made it even as long as I did. For sure. Um, So so, but you're right. There's a sense of loneliness because you want to go out and just be one of the nurses so bad because it's in you to be patient facing, employee facing, like you want to support them so bad. But you also, as a nurse, man, or as a nurse, that's what you want to do. As a manager, you have to keep this level of professionalism. You have to hold people accountable. You have to make sure that things are fair and just and rolling like a a smooth machine. And to do that, you can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you would make people, people were mad at you first. <laughs> and these are the people you just want to help so bad. Like, I'm your support. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have that team connection like you wanted. For sure. You are, you are sometimes on an island. And I love the analogy with the, um, there's like a wall, sort of. Mm-hmm. And it's not anybody's fault. It's like this wall has just been there for for years and years. It's just been built over the course. And on one side, you do have administration who wants to do everything that they can, but maybe they don't really know what nurses need. And you have managers um, go back and forth between this wall. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, let me tell you what they really need. I'm there with them. I'm in the trenches. Let me yeah. tell you this. And they're, and they're hearing you, but you have to climb back over to help implement it. And it's the managers that climb that wall over and over and over. Mm-hmm. They get so burnt out and exhausted. Yeah. But you have to do that to make the impact. 100% because you're blocked at every step of the way. And I think that was ultimately what, what killed me like little by little by little was just the feeling like you were blocked either way. It's like, if I want to help the staff, well, I have these managerial tasks that are like, you know, I'm chained to the desk for. But then if I want to um, implement something greater, like if I want to implement a process improvement project or something, I'm going to need other systems. I'm going to need IT. I'm going to need biomed. I'm going to need all of the arms of the system. But then you run into blocks in the way of being able to access, you know, these other people that you need to work collaboratively with you Mm -hmm. and it just, it becomes so difficult. And sometimes, I don't know, it's like you're blocked every which way. I can't. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, I had goosebumps all over when you said that, like operations manager. Yeah. What a, what a beautiful, and maybe this person has knowledge and experience in business and management. That's what they said is like, this person probably had like an MBA. You know, yes. so 
So what a beautiful idea. Maybe we just solved. Maybe we cracked the it. issue. That was it. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Let me ask you this one last one. When you look above you in these roles, because you've been manager, you've been supervisor, and you've also been at, you know, come in between the bedside role. Describe your favorite boss, I guess, is where I'm going. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I would why? say. Or uh, even if you had to collect traits from different bosses, like what would that person be looking like for you? <laughs> I would say number one for me is that collaboration, that person that's like, it's your boss, but like all the ideas can go back and forth between that person fluidly, that there is like that, that brainstorm, that fun, that same passion and ambition and that same energy between mm -hmm. your upline and you to make these changes. That was probably that number one, number one. Mm -hmm. Micromanaging never works. Mm -hmm. You know, if people have that passion, you want to build them up and let them fly. If you were going to sit down in a job interview now, let's say you are going for your next thing, you know, maybe if it's not right now, maybe it's in the future. I don't know. Yeah. At that next interview, you've, you've had the luxury of collecting information from all these roles, right? I couldn't think of a better person to ask, like, how are you going to interview that next manager? Like, you know, very specifically what you're looking for in your job at this point. So what kind of questions would you be asking that next nurse manager? Or maybe it's an administrator for whatever type of role that you're looking for. Like, what types of questions are you asking that person to know yes. if you're going to like this job? Okay. Um, I will say definitely, um, since I've now been in the managerial role, I can ask these questions. Mm -hmm. But I'd want to know what their goals are what their goals are for their organization for that month, for that year. What, you know, what do they see moving forward um, mm -hmm. and improvements and processes and things like that for that particular unit or department? Um, you know, and, and what they do now that um, right. creates engagement amongst the staff. Like, are there any fun things or ideas that they have that, that unify the nurses. Those are like probably my two big ones. Mm -hmm. um, and um, one of the, let me think, you know, I, I think more than money is uh, quality and time. Mm -hmm. So how, how do they support their nurses with, with quality and work satisfaction and, and to support them with time management and their, their time to be a nurse. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. So like, okay. tell me all about the new thing. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. It lights me up. And I think that's, uh, you know, I found my purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really right now because things have to grow. I'm working one-on-one -on -one, um, with a few women. So I'll give you some examples of what we're doing. And um, we're, they're just, we're tuning into their body, their preferences, their needs, their wants, their desires, their passions. And we're, we're just funneling that into a lifestyle. Um, you know, debunk, debunking all of the um, nonsense, the fad diets, these false um, images and perceptions and just discovering who they are 
uh, through a lifestyle transformation. Um, it just looks very different for all three of the women that I'm working with right now. It looks so different. So it's incredible. Um, it's basic. It's uh, nutrition and protein. I love that it. That helps support. Are you working with nurses working. or just? Uh... Oh my God. Well, okay. So one is a nurse. Okay. I <laughs> love it so much because we can really tap into um, the stressors and how to navigate around and through and like tools that she can take with her to work, Mm -hmm. um, tools as in physical tools, tools as in nutritional tools. Right. um, What are they? What would they Okay. Say more. Okay. Yeah. yeah, No, I love it. Okay. So, uh, a tool, for example, so, um, using which right now, cause this is a process where she has to learn how to do this. So she's Mm -hmm. taking, her, her app that tracks her calories and the day before she's putting in what she's bringing to work so that she has an idea of how much protein am I getting? Um, we set timers. So set timers to drink water. Mm-hmm. It's so simple, but it's so fun and easy. Um, a lot of movement, a lot of walking, and then just, uh, as any moments that have been coming up that have been very, um, sh- stressful or maybe that lead to that self-sabotage, um, movement, which, you know, takes like this much trajectory move to go into that self-sabotage mode. Um, just jotting it down quickly, even if it's in the notes in her phone, like here's the oh, circumstance, writing. like writing out, yes. getting it out, putting it out there. Ooh, I felt this way after this patient did this, said this, and then I wanted to go reach for, for this was my coping skill. Mm-hmm. And then she's bringing that back. And we're just, uh, really debriefing with all of that and building on those tools. And I will say that, through what I've learned most in my journey of becoming a coach is that all the marketing and programs, all these things you can do forward facing and social media, the transformation happens in the intimacy Mm -hmm. and the connection, the one-on-one time that I spend with women. That's where the healing and the transformation happens. I love that. So specifically, I mean, so, okay, 12, is she bedside, like 12-hour shift we're talking? Yes. Okay, so she has, like, tell me the daily routine that you, like, are you giving her a daily routine for a work yeah. day? Tell me that. I am, I am, because her work days are more important than her off days. Mm-hmm. Her off days, she can kind of navigate and find what she what works for her, but where her stressor and that, like, pit that sits in her stomach right now is during the work days, so... Mm-hmm. Um, we start with my 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of starting her shift. I love However, it. However, that works. I know it's a, it's a what fun. Is that? What is 30 grams of protein? Is that like a protein steak? Is that like eggs. 12 eggs? Yeah. Your, pro- yeah, your couple Holy. boiled eggs, uh, maybe with a handful of nuts, your protein maybe comes from your protein smoothie that you make, you know, before you go in that has your scoop with your your healthy, um, items. It may be, um, it may, I may have to buy the protein smoothie. That's fine. But just get that protein in 30 minutes within 30 minutes of starting your shift helps start the metabolism. Okay. We want to fire it up and we want to move. We want to, we want, we don't want our body thinking, Oh my gosh, here we go. This is my 12 hour shift. I'm stressed out. I need endurance. I need to hold on to everything. I need to slow my metabolism so that I just hold everything. Right. How many of you don't poop at work? Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, so what you should not do is like go to work on three hours of sleep, have five cups of coffee and then not eat until four just to 
There. <laughs> you said That's it. Not good. You said that. <laughs> That's all it takes is sometimes just some one-on-one -on -one and then people figure it. They know. Yeah. So yeah, those are some little, little tricks to kind of get her into that. So yeah, 30 how grams. Much, like, within how much 30 water? How much water are you, uh, like, do you oh. have them have like those big, huge things? I love, I love my big, huge thing. Okay. However, um, and, and, but you don't have to have that to drink the water. So yeah, check this, drink it, set a timer, mm -hmm. set a timer for every hour, maybe every 30 minutes and it may go off and you don't have time, but you've, you know, snoozed it. And you know, when you walk out of this room, that's the next thing you need to do. So every hour around four to eight ounces. Okay. Um, and that's on the low end. I usually do 30 minutes, four ounces, uh, eight ounces is every hour. Okay. Um, exercise on work day? Yeah, on a work day. Exercise? You'll start peeing. Oh, exercise. Uh, <laughs> walking. You know, walking and movement. I mean, I'm the one that I'm standing at a nurse's station doing squats. I'm <laughs> lunging down the hallway. I don't really care. <laughs> I've come to that point in my career where <laughs> I'm gonna have you have a problem. Day. I'm going to get the most out of this 12 hours. <laughs> I get the most out of it. I, um... I try to step away and walk half my lunch break. I don't need the full, you know, I know we only get 30 minute lunch break. Mm -hmm. and it's different. You know, most professionals get this hour, but I don't need it because I have my snacks in my, um, where we're allowed to keep our waters. My, my three little options, which is exactly what my client is doing as well. So like I have my boiled egg, I have my handful of nuts and I have my, maybe cottage cheese or something, you know, I don't know, just whatever mm -hmm. is your preference. We find that protein. Um, and I'll grab it in between. I'll grab it as I go. I don't believe in starving yourself. It will wreak havoc on your metabolism, slowing everything down, clogging up your liver, clogging up your, your gut. And then your estrogen and everything gets recycled in your bloodstream and you have a total, you know, all of these problems. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. What's your recommendation? Gosh, now I feel like I'm, this is just, I've turned this into a coaching session, but honestly, yes. there's nurses listening that need to know this. So what's yes. your recommendation for like dinner? Because I feel like, especially when I would work a couple days in a row, like that would just be, you know, if I meal prep for day one, I'm, that would have been a good, you know, week. And by day two and day three, it's like, I don't even know what we or my family are eating at that point, you know, like, so how are you, yeah. help, you know, helping navigate that part? It's been... A learning process and it doesn't always go smooth. You know, it's not the same every single week. Unfortunately, I would love for it to be perfect, perfect world. This is how you meal prep. You always have your meals ready. Your husband can pop it in the oven before you get mm -hmm. home, but that's not the case. So I try to find on my work days that I have something easy and available. So when I prep, I can prep something in bulk. bulk. So I believe in something called uh, choosing to chop. That's going to be a program coming soon. <laughs> and that just, you know, it's simply having those items ready to throw together. It's cooking enough in my Instapot of chicken to throw on my salads when I get home, mm -hmm. um, having a, a portion enough for two days of like quinoa has great, it has some amount of protein in it. Um, and just having options available is very important. It's a process. It's a learning process. I definitely spend a lot of time with my current client working on meal prepping and planning and not just doing it for her, but us doing it together, teaching her how to Mm -hmm. prep oh, and did plan. Oh, actually like come over and you guys cook together? 
Uh, yes. Oh my God, I love Isn't it. Isn't that cool? Yes, and a grocery store trip is one of our sessions. Oh, that's so good. It's fun. Do you do that? It's a um, lot of fun. Do you do the meal prep on Sundays? Um, I try. It doesn't always happen because nurses' work weeks are so different. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I try to make it the day before I'm starting my work week is when I want to start the prepping process. That works cool. well for nurses. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I work Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Friday. I'm going to spend Tuesday prepping. The day before the work week starts. Yeah. I love that. Sets um, you up for success. Nice. I would say that um, I'm so passionate about your message to fix nursing. Thanks. That it's going to be a twofold. And I think that you're coming from it, you're coming at it from this direction and I'm coming at, at it from this direction. And it's going to take these multiple directions um, organizationally and we're going to have to do a lot of work on ourselves. Absolutely. Ourselves. Absolutely. Because there's so much to what you have to do for yourself. And I think it starts with just the smallest things is like exactly what you're addressing, just the, the bare basic human needs of needing fuel needing basic exercise and like taking care of yourself, your stress levels. Like I need that so much. We, we neglect ourselves 100%. And then I think that when you go into the part where it's like, okay, well now I have my body taken care of. Now let me focus on the way that I feel, you know? And I think that that's the area that I'm tapping into, but then it's like, okay, well also what can your, organization how can your organization create an environment that enables you to be the best version of yourself and do the best quality work you know what I mean so like all of these elements I can't wait to get on your program (laughs) yes yes let's do it let's do it oh and where can people find you you? oh my gosh yes so right now you can find me at which I'm in the process of a name change but I don't believe in changing anything until I'm 100% certain so it's my forever Instagram name. It's at Bluefin Kuna. Most of you know me from my last name prior to my marriage as Kuna. That's how I was as a nurse. So Bluefin Kuna. I'm on Facebook under Erica Von Olin. And um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Erica. It was a wonderful yeah. afternoon with you. you thank you're you. You're so amazing. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you love the episode, please leave a five-star review and follow the podcast. If you would like to become part of Resource Nurse Network, it's very easy. Just follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Resource Nurse Network. If you would love to come on the podcast and share your story and or if you have an innovative idea that would give nurses back their time and you want to implement this at your hospital, please send me a direct message or email me at lindsaymadonna at gmail.com. When nurses are aligned, we can do anything. It's up to us to shape the environments of our healthcare future. Let's do this. Let's fix nursing.